everyone. It's Chrissy Regan, and you're joined today uh, on the Everyday Wellness Podcast by Alexandra Andre. Hi, Alexandra. Hi, Chrissy. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So we had the joy of meeting on the 1st of October in Melbourne at the Marathon Runners Festival, and that was exciting. And I got to pick up a copy of your book called The Power of Possibility. And I discovered we've got a few things in common. You're a marketeer, a mum, and a marathoner. <laughs> you're also, yeah, you're also an author and an Iron Man. I'm not an Iron Man, an Iron Woman. I think we need to change it from Iron Man to Iron Woman. What do you reckon? Um, I'm I'm happy with either, to be honest. I'm all 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 for females and and women doing. We do so much. Um, but yeah, to me, it's an Iron Man just because that's the event. But yeah, um, that, that's the name. <laughs> That's yeah, it. I was just thinking, well, Iron Woman doesn't have the same funny ring to it, does it? But congratulations. I love your book. I had the chance to read it. I'm really proud of you, I have to tell you. Thank you. That that means a lot. Thanks, Chrissy. And I was delighted our paths crossed when they did. Yeah, it's awesome when you meet other authors out doing their thing. And I don't know if you've discovered this for yourself as an author, but you're the you have to strut your stuff sometimes and you're the best person to sell your book. Have you experienced that? Absolutely. Um, and I also have an all a newfound respect for authors because having been through the process myself, I know what it takes to put a book together and there's a lot of effort. There's a lot of heart in that goes into a book, depending on what sort of book we write, but we often share um, and effort our heart and soul in it. So I have a, a newfound respect for authors as well. And, and yeah, absolutely, we, we need to, to back ourselves and believe in what we've done and and uh, and put it out there ourselves. And I think I'm discovering that more and more these days in terms of just really, really backing ourselves, not in a not in an artificial sort of way, just in it genuinely. There's there's a lot of us doing some really good stuff in the world and, and we need to believe in ourselves and and encourage others as you know you, you do on your podcast and in the work you do. Um, sharing what what great people, including yourself, are doing this world. Thanks. That's really awesome. It leads on to my next question because your book tells the story of an ordinary person doing extra ordinary things, and it was my neighbour, my fifty four year old neighbour, that inspired me to believe I could run my first marathon at the age of forty six and three quarters, and I've since done a second one at the age of forty seven. But do you do you feel like that is it? Ordinary people that have inspired you the most in your life. Oh, absolutely, and I think um, I think the ordinary people, which you know, there's the extraordinary within all of us. So there's nothing neither ordinary or extraordinary about any of us. Um, it's I think it's the relatability because when we when we hear of an older person doing a marathon or someone that's you know their physique might not look like a marathon runner, perhaps they're the they're the stories I love hearing about and I love connecting with because it's the seemingly impossible that people take on based on where they're at that makes, yeah, that makes anything achievable and really relatable. And actually that's what a few people have said about my book is that, you know, they've, they've read elite running books and they, they love them, but they, they couldn't quite relate to them. Um, and w- with no discredit to the elite athletes in the world, they're, they're amazing. They're absolutely incredible and inspiring. But sometimes it's those everyday stories that we can relate to a little bit more. And I think if we can relate to something, that's when we can connect with it and we can sort of gain the most from it. So absolutely, I'm surrounded by, you know, so many ordinary people doing 
more amazing things than they realize or care to sort of talk about but you you see it in in the everyday lives that's that's where the yeah where the big big sort of I think big big inspiration comes from for me for sure yeah that's so true and I cried uh, a few times reading your book did you cry when you were writing it I did I did um, that's really touching to hear thank you Chrissy and I did I found it yeah really moving to write um and you know it's been described as a inspiring memoir and so it is you know it's a memoir of my journey and also what I've I've learned and discovered in the hope you know I can share and inspire others but I just the process in itself to write was a big one for me so I connected dots on my journey that I hadn't actually connected before mm. you know things I realized that one thing led to another um and I did. It was a really deep reflection process to to write it. I almost describe it as a as a really deep journaling process at the same time. So it was a wonderful yeah experience for me to to write um, to write it. But that comes with you know yeah experiencing those emotions when you live the journey. But then when you when you write and reflect on it, um, that's a really deep process as well. So yeah, I found it quite emotional to write at the same time. So it's called The Power of Possibility and it's a journey of inspiration and courage. It talks about your journey to complete your first Ironman, which you did in Melbourne and you did it in 12 hours, 12 minutes and 12 seconds. And that was like also um, a, um, uh, a, a spooky moment because you kind of had something in your mind that was close to that, were you? I remember reading something. Yeah, that's right. It was that's it. The synchronicity. Yeah. Well, you know, having three numbers like that to the second is so synchronistic in itself. Yeah. But also I didn't discover till later that um yeah, that number was actually a pretty significant number in the friend of mine. Um I dedicated the Iron Man, as you would have read, to a really good friend of mine who'd who'd sadly and tragically passed away in my journey to training for the Ironman, his name was Mads and his, his son, he had a little two-year-old son who I high-fived on the course, um, uh, um, who was cheering me on and having dedicated the, the Ironman to him. And, and that number was actually really close to his, his birthday, um, which was, yeah, he, he was there that day and, um, yeah, it meant, it meant a lot to just to, you know, to complete the Ironman, to gain the support I did and, and give his family and friends the strength and hope it did. But for those numbers to appear and for those numbers to actually then be be pretty close to his son's birthday um, was quite, you know, things like that happen and they don't just, just happen. They, um, I think they're organised in a way somehow. So I certainly felt that and felt his presence that day and it made it an even more special day. I'm smiling, but I'm trying not to cry, actually, because that was a huge part of your book, your journey to raise funds for Mads. And, you know, I know I've lost a few friends myself in the last few years, and this year I've been running to raise um, funds for my friends in Ukraine. So, you know, there's a war going on in Ukraine this year. So I felt that every time I have the pain or the hardship, and I know that you went through this in your training for your Ironman as well, that you can put things in perspective really, can't you? Because you think, oh, well, actually this pain and suffering that I'm feeling right now in this moment is nothing compared to, you know, what those people are suffering or what those people are dealing with. And did you have that kind of driving force within you as well? 
I did. I did. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I took, I guess in two ways, I, I took the Ironman on. It was a, it was a big goal. I, I couldn't run more than 12 Ks. I'd suffered running injuries for a long time, but I, I took it on with perspective. So my friend gave me that perspective because he had just been diagnosed with his terminal illness. And it made me realize that life is so short, like just, you know, sign up to these big goals, give it a shot. What's the worst thing that can happen? Maybe you won't get there. That's okay. But I think just that that perspective on life being short and we have to give things a go while we can, that was that was really my motivation for signing up. Mm. And he, without even trying, he inspired that based on his his diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, when he when he did pass away, to then choose to dedicate my Ironman to him, it gave me a sense of purpose like I'd never felt before, like an unrelenting drive and motivation. It was, and you will have experienced that, it's it's... Yeah, it's it is such an yeah such a, a it's almost a force of nature that comes from within you because you've got such purpose and meaning to do to do this event um, and I felt that firsthand and I love supporting others doing an event for it could just be for themselves and it's their first time or whatever it may be but when I hear of someone dedicating an event to a cause or particularly to you know, in memory of someone that that tugs at my heartstrings because because I've experienced that and I know how powerful it can be and also just how purposeful and meaningful it can be. It's um it's really special and I, I think we we feel those friends that are with us doing those events like they're you know they're they're um they're on the sidelines there in some way um, and I think it's a really it's a really special thing to be able to to do to do that and do it with such purpose. That's so true. I feel like that as well. Like my friends are with me, but you know, it's also a good way of me processing my grief and making sense. And you can turn your heartache towards something positive because you know, it's something that you can do to give back that others can't do at the moment, you know? That's it. That's it. And and I guess if I can, you know, to, to, um to reflect on my friend, Mads, he was the first really good friend that I'd I'd lost. And it was, it was really hard um, and he wasn't a family member, but just a, a really good friend and young and fit. And it was, it was, it was so tragic and it was such a loss, but I, that's what I did. I, um, without intent, I mean, that's how the journey evolved, but to, to channel that grief to, to strength and training and it, it became something semi-positive that came, not, not positive, that's the wrong word, but, there was strength and hope that came from that mm. and to see the impact that had on his family and friends and on me I um I was quite blown away by the impact we all have on each other and the in the actions we choose so yeah I can I can relate to that firsthand absolutely I know you lot a lot of blood sweat and tears in your brutal training regime like when you look back now do you think you're a bit crazy at the time oh absolutely absolutely yeah (laughs) and I think that's the other theme that can come out of that is um you know because in writing the book I reflected on my journey and just the hour you know I added up all the hours of training I did and what I did and I think and I think that's that's true of any uh, like big goal we take on or hardship we get through we've all got things that we've done or got through that have taken enormous effort and it's not at, at the at the time we just do it like the marathon the Ironman training I did I just did all that because that's what I had to do to get to race day and, and hopefully survive through it mm-hmm. 
And it's not until you reflect afterwards um, that you realize how big that was. And mm -hmm. I can be really proud of that. And I think we all have things that we can be enormously proud of that we got through or we the effort we put into things. And I think particularly as females, often we don't, you know, we don't applaud that as much as we potentially could. Um, mm. But yeah, it was it was a massive, massive effort and undertaking for me to to get there. And I did it. I absolutely did it. And it, it did it change my life. I resonated with the the really hot run you did when you banked it. You know, when you have those really hard sessions and you think that's one for the bank. Yes, yes, they are. And it's yeah. if we can get them, if we can tick a few of those off in training, it can make race day or the event you're training for, you know, perhaps a little easier. Yes. One thing that I loved about the book, which resonated with me a lot, and I've also been practicing, uh, you articulate very clearly the mind-body connection and using kinesiology to help move injuries through emotional blockages and things. And so obviously you almost trialed that, experimented with it during the Ironman, but how have you gone on to continue to live or embody that since? Yeah, sure. Well, that was probably, that was, I think that was a big reason for me getting there, getting to the Ironman. Um as it turned out, you know, I did my first marathon in 2008 and and that gave me an inkling of anything being possible. I then injured myself for four or five years trying to, running injuries, trying to do another one. Mm -hmm. And I, in hindsight, had a disconnect between mind and body and I was almost commanding my body to do these long runs and things. Then I, and I'd forgotten the joy I once felt to run. Mm -hmm. So I reignited with that joy in running and mm -hmm. went on a, a growth journey with my kinesiologist who I'd come across um, went to her for a calf injury to begin with and um, and I'm still you know we're good friends now and I still have balances frequently you know 12 years on mm -hmm. um, and I yeah I attribute a big part of my growth to kinesiology and learning and it's a it's a work in progress but um, coming back to that mind-body connection and having our yeah having us in full alignment and full energy flow without those blockages and things so I found it on my journey and it was a big, you know, I attribute a big part of, of that approach and that holistic approach to getting me to the Ironman. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, since then I really, I embody that in so many ways. Um, I'm not doing as much on the physical front um, at the moment, still running, but not not to the intensity I was before. Um, but even on the work front, so, you know, taking the spiritual elements of, you know, to, to work and to physical training and, um, yeah, it's become a bigger and bigger part of, I think I continue to evolve on that front and I guess you can probably relate, but there's, there's depths, more, more and more depth we can go to with these things. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's like peeling back the layers of an onion, isn't it really? It is. It is. Yeah. And even, tr you know, trusting the universe as well and, and perfect timing and the alignment of people you cross paths with and things like that. Um, I'm a big believer of, yeah, of spirituality and, and, and seeing things unfold for us and, and um, yeah, trusting your gut and your intuition. Mm. I can so, certainly attest to that myself because I did turn 47 this year and just to have completed my second marathon in a time that I'm proud of after only two months of doing the first one. And a lot of people go, oh, well, I'm too injured to do that or I can't do that, my this or my that. You know, many mm. of us suffer with middle age ailments and middle age injuries that come, mm. you know, went through whether we've been sedentary or we've not taken care of ourselves or we have some um, blockage in our body. 
And having worked through all of those over the last four years, I didn't just decide at the beginning of this year, oh, I'm going to run a marathon. I'd already built up kind of four years of, of running and stretching and supplements and a lot of those things that you talk about in your book too. So I'd built that kind of good foundation. So as I started to come across, you know, whether a niggle or I have a sort, you know, I feel a bit of pain in my knee. Oh, that's interesting. What's that all about? You know, so rather than be, um nervous or fearful or cautious you can be curious and you can question and you can invite the answer to come to you and I just feel like that's been a huge part of my training and it's enabled me to kind of achieve those goals for myself in the last few years which also I feel um you know having been physically where I was four years ago versus where I am now it's a completely different ball game isn't mm -hmm. it when you're physically healthy to challenge yourself in that way it is, it is. And I think that's and that's such a such a brilliant, brilliant um approach you're taking and also such an important message to to um yeah, to share. Um listening to your body. Like that was a that was a bit it was almost when I actually learned to start to do that, it was like I'd unlocked something, like a, a penny had dropped. Mm -hmm. Like people talk about listening to your body, mm -hmm. but actually to do it and to do it with that curious mindset, not that oh, my goodness, my knee's sore, I've got to stop or, you know, or and I've trained with people before that they, they'll they um, talk poorly of a body part if it's sore. Yes, yes. It's like that's yes. not going to help. But actually, yes. you're, and that to talk to your, you know, your mind-body connection, yes. if you are aligned, you work, you're on the same team together, oh, knee, wow, you must be working really hard. Yes. Thank you for all you've done. You, you want to need a little rest now. Or, okay, yes. what else do you need? Like feeling into what support it needs. And, it, and I, as I say that, I'm holding my knee, like rubbing it, giving yes. it some reiki or some love. Yes. Um, listening to your body and and asking it what it needs to for further support is is huge and it's so but it's also such a simple thing we can all do um yes. our bodies carry us around all day and yes. to ask a marathon of our bodies is actually a pretty big it's a big big physical thing to ask it so so actually having a bit of a chat to it and talking to it I think you know is a pretty good pretty good way to go and I've I've certainly yeah in a similar way I've found yeah found you know, so much more in terms of what I can physically achieve by being kind to my body and listening to it and talking to it. Um, yeah, that's yeah. really cool. I feel the same. And I think your book's articulated that really well. So congratulations on that because Thank it's you. not spoken about enough, in my opinion. It's No, I completely agree. I completely agree. It's very simple but has a, a profound, profound impact. Um, yeah, absolutely. You spoke of your fear around telling your mum that you're doing an <laughs> Iron Man. But I know, having read your book and met you, I thought, actually, how fearful were you to tell her you uh, were writing a book and having a baby? <laughs> the same fear or less fear? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, I think it was, I think it was the Iron Man. And it's such a funny, it's such a funny thing. Yeah, I do. I write about that in the book. You know, I signed up to do the Iron Man and I really, I didn't tell many people about it because it was this big crazy goal and I you know from where I was at as an injured runner it was quite a ridiculous goal to take on to be honest but I just I had this inkling I had this feeling and as I mentioned I had perspective from my friend um so I didn't I didn't share it with many people and then I did I think I was I was really nervous about telling mum because and me being a mum now myself you know we we care for we want to protect and wrap our children up and look out for their health and well-being and all the rest of it 
And I just knew mum would, um, I don't know. I thought, I thought she'd really worry about it. And she, she did. She, she, um, yeah, she, you know, she was supportive of me once she'd sort of come along the journey, but, um, yeah, yeah, I was, I was really nervous telling it, but it felt, I felt relief when I did tell her, but you know what, come race day, my family had all traveled interstate. Um, she had organized high-vis t-shirts for everyone that you would have seen a photo of in the book, um, team Alex. And they were, you know, my parents are the biggest supporters of me. And, um, yeah, I think, and I think also telling mum made it feel more real around this big goal. And I knew she'd be worried about me because I probably was too, because it reflected, she was just reflecting the the scale of the goal I'd taken on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but they were there on race day and right till the end. And, you know, mum was, mum had tears right at the end when I'd finished and gave her a big hug and, and I said, I'm okay. You know, I did it. I'm okay now. <laughs> Yeah. And I, do, I, yeah, I have a photo of me, well, several photos of me running into the MCG just with this huge smile on my face at the end of my marathon. So I remember reading about the smile that you carried with you in, in the later stages of your marathon during the Ironman. Like, do you still, when you reflect on that, do you still get goosebumps? Because I know I do like, oh, my God, I've done it and I have this joy about it, you know? Yeah, and congratulations on your marathons, Chrissy. I hadn't mentioned that earlier, but it's such a big it's such a big thing. It's such a big achievement. And it's something that, that, um, you know, there's only a small percentage of that. Lots of people, we see lots of people out there running marathons, but when you look at the percentage of people in the world doing them, it's, it's not that big. And it's, you know, it takes a lot just to get to the start line and then the finishing line and to do two back to back, like you did. Um, yeah, that's a, that is an amazing achievement. And I do, I, I actually still, because I'm a, I'm a speaker um, now and I reflect on, doing the Ironman and, and running down that finishing shoot. And I managed to jump across the finishing line somehow. And I also reflect on my, I can still go back to my first marathon running around the G 2008. So that's 14 years ago. I can still go back there and remember crossing that finishing line and, and just falling to my hands and knees and just, I was, you know, tears of pride. So I can go back to that place as well. And I, I, do, I recall shaking my head for a couple of weeks at, at what I'd just done. And when I talk about that in my, when I'm speaking, I do, I go back there because, um, yeah, it, um, it, they're, they're such, they're such big moments. And when we, I think when we, and that probably maybe, maybe not, it doesn't happen like that for everyone, but when it becomes such a big thing for us and when we really, you know, anchor in the sense of achievement that you you would have, and I certainly have doing what I've done. You allow it to probably anchor into your body, and maybe it locks it in as a memory that we can go back to. Actually, just chatting about it now, um, and certainly for Iron Man, that was yeah. I can still go back there as well, and I and I talk about um, I've come up with this concept called belief boosters, mm-hmm. so allowing us to. Yeah, find things that we've achieved or got through that can boost the belief in ourselves and help us, you know, propel us to the next thing. And for me, that first marathon and my Ironman, they are big belief boosters. And it was it was really doing that Ironman that helped boost the belief in myself to go and launch my own business, to write a book, to have a choose to go down the journey of having a having a child on my own. Um 
it was really the courage it gave me to say, well, actually nothing's off limits now. Mm. And knowing that, what more would I do in my life? Mm. Hence the theme, possibility, the power of possibility, the mm. power of um, coming to life with a mindset of, of anything being possible. What would you do? And it opens you up to this whole world that you, you know, that you might not otherwise um, know about um, if you lived it more in a more insular, limited sort of mindset. So, yeah, sorry, I've digressed, but... No, it's awesome. And I'm sitting here thinking a thousand things because I feel like you talk about the percentage of people that have done a marathon. The percentage of people that have written and published a book is also very, very small. Yeah. That's yeah. another huge achievement. But um, those belief boosters are so important. I have definitely had those in my own life, you know, because that back, we talked about the back yourself at the beginning, but belief boosters and the backing yourself really is what enables you to self-actualize and only two percent of the population self-actualize which is to become the most that one can be so you know you're talking about the power of possibility which is your power to self-actualize and you sometimes don't even know what that is until you challenge yourself to do something different or something bigger or something even more crazy do you know what I mean mm, yeah absolutely Absolutely. And I think, and that's why I, I love a big goal. I'm passionate about big goals and, you know, for, for, for me and, you know, for you as well, finding, finding those big goals in a marathon, because it helps us realize just what we're capable of. Mm. It helps stretch, like a stretch goal, whatever it is, not everyone loves running, but whatever, whatever you're into, um, uh, finding a big stretch goal, you know, at least one really big one in your life, I think is is a amazing thing to do because it can help you discover what you're capable of. You know, mm -hmm. the concept of the mountain, you, you set a mountain of a goal, you don't, the mountain doesn't get any smaller, you grow to meet it. Um, mm -hmm. That was a beautiful quote. I can't remember who, who wrote that one, but we, we grow to meet that mountain of a goal and we do. And, and if they're mediocre goals, you know, they require mediocre effort, a really big, enormous goal that requires enormous effort and and going through a process of growth and effort to get there and it's then that we realize just what we're capable of and that's that is an amazing thing because we are capable of anything we really put our minds and our hearts and our bodies to mm. moderation and mediocrity are two words that I've taken out of my vocabulary to be honest love it, love it. <laughs> everything in moderation is a total myth and uh, mediocrity can be a disease in itself so I don't have those words in my vocabulary any longer yeah that's good that's good so that was 12 years ago was it now since you did your Ironman no um so my first marathon was 14 years ago I then went on a chapter of chapter of growth around running injuries for four or five years yeah so my Ironman was 2015 yeah. um and that was seven years ago, years ago. And the, the other synchronistic thing about that was that it was actually the last year of the Melbourne Ironman so I live in Melbourne um and the Ironman had been on for it was supposed to be on a five year at least five years and this was year year four of it um and I had planned to do it the following year that next year never it got it got the event got cancelled it never happened so had I not signed up to put that year I don't know if I would have done one because doing one in your hometown with all the home support around you is is different to traveling to do an event um so yeah that was the other synchronistic thing it ended up being the last year of of Melbourne Ironman in 2015. 
Mm -hmm. See, I had the opposite idea. I didn't want to do my first marathon in my hometown. <laughs> um, I, I don't, I'm not sure I will do the Townsville Marathon. I've done the Townsville Half Marathon. I like doing the destination marathons because I just feel there's something special about it, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yep. And did I read recently that you're actually helping to train some marathoners now? Is that right? I am, yeah. I actually have a passion now to... Um, to help first-time marathoners. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've put Marathon Coach alongside my name um, because, awesome. sorry. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, because for me, my journey really started, you know, in hindsight, as you reflect back, if I look back and I talk about it in my book, but doing that first marathon, it gave me a taste of what was possible and, and it actually – it opened up, I think running it running it running your first marathon if running's what you're into can help you open this door to more of life and that's what it did for me and it's a big it's a big thing so you've got to know what training to do and 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 actually it'd be good if you can learn how to listen to your body without having to injure yourself for four years to get there um and it's 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 not just a training program as you'd know there's a there's a journey to navigate what if what if I'm away for a few weeks and it will be hard to run or what if I get injured? What do I do? So I, and I've, I've had. What if, what if my four-year-old comes into my bed every night for three months and I, you know, don't get any sleep. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to adapt, right? What do we do yeah. with that? So, and I've, I guess in my, you know, I've done five marathons. I've, I've, um, you know, done international ones and, and home ones and I've, I've chased times and then I've let go of chasing time. So I, I've, I feel I've had to, and I've had running coaches and I've trained with different people. So I've, you know, I've got to know how different, different other colleague runners sort of run. So I am um, just to back myself, I guess I, yeah, I think I've learned a lot and, and I have a passion for helping people open that door to more of life. And, and for many of us that can be through that first marathon. So yeah, I'm coaching, coaching others towards their first marathon. Um, my first was actually Melbourne Marathon. His name was David and he read my book, mm -hmm. had never planned to run a marathon, but then chose to sign up, sign up to Melbourne Marathon and needed some help. So um, he signed up to my marathon coaching package and he did the most tremendous effort um, on race day and even the journey, journey to get there. And it was, I got just as much out of it as, as he did. Um, uh, you know, to help someone, you know, get get there, and he inspired me along the way. It was it was a really wonderful thing to be a part of, and I'm so glad he looked me up. And I'm looking forward to helping other other first time marathoners make what feels impossible right now um, possible. Go on the journey with them and help 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 them navigate it. That's wonderful because I do a lot of wellness coaching for women, and when they can see what I've been achieving in my running over the last few years, you know, they say, "Oh." I'm thinking about getting back into running. And so, you know, even just giving them 12 steps to get back to running in 12 weeks, simple little strategies, but it has to be um, mental, physical, as well as a spiritual experience. You know, it's not just all about the physical side of things. So I'm very much aligned with what you're talking about as well. Yep, love it. That's great. And what are you doing just for fun then for yourself now that you also have a small child to look after? <laughs> yeah, um, that's a good question. For fun for myself or my running, I'm I'm enjoying getting out there when I um when I do do run. And actually, one thing we do when we when I drop him at childcare, we're out of our house at the moment, um, renovating. But um, he bike rides or scooters, and I run alongside him and. 
he says, faster, mummy, faster. Like he eggs me on, which is a bit of fun. So I think, do you know what? I think I think the thing I'm doing for fun is actually, and we've recently been on holidays, is allowing myself just to be fully present with him and and reconnecting with that, you know, just that child mentality switch. Because there's all, and I, I think as a, you know, as a, yeah, as a mum, and as a you know business owner and with so much ambition and, and passion for what I do, there's always a there's a constant to-do list in in my head. Um and I recently discovered that when we were yeah away for a week, I intentionally just I thought I'm I'm actually gonna switch off and not initiate kind of anything, just switch off and just enjoy time with him and which I do anyway, but when you consciously decide to just just shut that to-do list out, um it was really good fun, you know, playing with dinosaurs or doing jigsaws or just, you know, having conversation, actually being fully present with the ones you love. I think that's, you know, it shouldn't be a luxury or a thing to do for fun. It should be something we all build into our everyday, but it, you know, it can become a bit of a, a bit of a juggle. So um, yeah, I think just, just having fun with my son. Yeah. I can relate to that a lot. And it is that yeah. reminder to be present and to be mindful of, you know, them, their energy and their, them as well. Yesterday, um, I had my job, I have a Sunday afternoon running club with a group of friends. And I said to my youngest, uh, who's four, do you want to come with mummy to running club and you can ride your bike? So we were doing the bike and running thing. And awesome. she must have told me she loved me about 50 times. Oh, mummy, I love you. Mummy, I love you. Mummy, I love you. She said, mummy, this is so fun doing mummy-daughter time while you're running and oh, I'm riding my bike. And, you know, it's just the fact that we were both there together. We were outside. And it's the simple, joyful things that they will remember and, and also they get stuck on your heart too, don't they? Oh, absolutely. That's beautiful. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So um, anything else you'd like to share with us before we finish off today? Um, I think just, just that concept of, you know, I wrote a book on the topic, but just that, just, just the power of possibility. If, mm -hmm. if that's one thing that can sit with people, however it does, the power of possibility and the power of actually believing that anything is possible and, and living life through this lens of possibility, not limits and catching yourself when you limit yourself, because we all do. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and just having, yeah, I'd encourage people just to, to lead with possibility because it can be a really exciting, empowering, inspiring, freeing place to live from. Mm. And and also just thinking about, you know, big goals, like what's what's something that your heart desires that, and then you think, oh, I wish, I wonder around a big goal. Actually, what if you could? Mm. And what if you just signed up and, and, and um, see how you go? Yeah. So encouraging people to take on, some sort of big goal um, and listen to their heart on it. I think that's that's my main message because that's what my journey's been about. And you know, I, I'm I've done an Ironman and I've written a book and I have a little person in this world. And and neither of those, none of those things may have happened if I didn't hadn't discovered this concept of anything being possible. Mm -hmm. um, there is so much more within us and it takes us to sign up and back ourselves and, and give it a go and see what happens. Mm. So, yeah, I think that's, that's my, my leaving message. Um, but thank you for having me. And it's been wonderful having, having a conversation we have and all, all the wonderful work you're doing, Chrissy. 
Thank you. Well, I think of the learn, laugh and share thing, you know, because if I can learn as I'm going along and I can laugh about my mistakes and my faux pas and, and I can share what I'm doing with others and hopefully it might inspire people too. And I think that's in a way what, what you're doing too. So good on you. And um, do you have another book coming? Thank you. I do. I've got I've got two more. Oh, <laughs> I've well, got two that's... more coming. I haven't I probably haven't done much on them for a little while, but they're there and they'll they'll come to life when when the space is created for them. Okay, lovely. Well, I'm yeah. going to share your contact details at the bottom of this um, interview so people can look you up and hopefully grab a Thank copy you. of your book, which is on your website, but also on Amazon, I'm I'm imagining. Yeah, sure. Yep. Signed copies on my website, alexandraandre.com, and it's on Booktopia and Amazon. Um, and I'm also recording an audio of it at the moment. I hope I, hope I have that sort of out early next year because a lot of runners have requested it. Yes, they do. <laughs> so, I've done an audio book. It's, um, yeah, brilliant. It's one of the most stressful experiences, but I did it during lockdown, which is not a good time to try and do an audio book when you've got kids at home. <laughs> Oh, no, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. But I just try to tell myself this is a growth experience. This is a growth experience. That's it. It always is. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining me. Take care of yourself and I will talk to you again soon. Sounds great. Thanks, Chrissy.